Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I feel like I need a fucking upgrade. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Upgrade, which released in 2018. Written and directed by Lee Wannell. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Grey Trace, played by Logan Marshall Green. Grey has recently been in a tragic accident which has resulted in the death of his wife and him being paralysed from the neck down. When he's approached by a multi-billionaire scientist, Aaron Keane, and granted access to STEM, a chip assigned to go onto his spine, allowing him to walk, Grey will use this newfound ability to help him find the people that killed his wife. So I've been very much aware of this uh, actor, writer, director okay. for, for some time now. Right, yeah. And obviously most people will recognise him as the main actor in the first Saw movie. Oh, yeah. To which yeah. he was also the writer for Saw yes, and yes. some of the sequels as well. And of course he would go on to have a long collaboration with his uh, filmmaking partner, James Wan. Yes, yes. And yeah. he also directed The Invisible Man, yeah. which I thought was an incredibly tight horror movie made on a very low budget. Yeah. Directed one of the uh, Insidious films. Mm. Uh, but this film, Upgrade, I think is the film that really stands out from all of his other works because it's probably the one that's not a horror movie. Uh, yeah, but it, yeah. it definitely has some gory moments in it. Yeah, but I think yeah. this film actually shows that he's you know, a very talented filmmaker who's worth watching. You know, maybe more outside of like you know, Insidious Five or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, as a as a fan of the fucking Saw series, um, I mean, I, I suppose I've liked this guy's work ever since I saw Saw One. Right. You know, like a uh, horror movie that was just completely unique and took horror on a completely different turn that I was just like oh I need to see where this franchise goes and I suppose it wasn't until three or four that I realized he wasn't writing them anymore and I think James Wan had just either completely taken over or he was going off doing other stuff and other people were stepping in so I was like oh I can see where the series is going all over the place but the main story's still there um, and then people have been telling me I should be should have been watching Upgrade for years now, and I just people say I should watch these films, but they don't have these films. So I'm like, well, I'm not just going to go out and buy this film. I need to watch it first. And I think I wikied it around about the time, and I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll watch it. Um, but I, I I like to bring up Andy. Andy always says this is this this is the uh, Venom movie that we should have got instead of that other fucking Tom Hardy piece of shit. Oh. And I, I didn't really understand it until I watched this and went, oh, yeah, no, I get the similarities towards Venom. And, yeah, this is this is better. Definitely the superior film. <laughs> yeah. It really is. But the film doesn't start off that way. And now I do have to say I quite like the intro that um, there's no uh, the, there's no titles like a conventional yeah. movie. It's an AI robotic voice yes. with, as an actress doing it, reading all of the, uh, the film titles, yeah. including the actual... Uh, the credit of the film. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, that was that was odd. That was and cool. a nice choice. But yeah, it kind of breaks you into this. Because this is a, a low-budget film. It was shot in Australia, in, in Melbourne, in, oh, in, wow. in 30 days. Yeah. Director's hometown. Um, so you might see or hear a lot of familiar uh, Australian actors in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the film starts off with uh, our introduction to this couple. Yeah. yeah and uh, the film kind of takes its time to just sort of establish what these two's relationship is like. Pretty loving. Yeah. But also... 
totally in different fields of work where yeah gray is pretty much a mechanic and he's working on old cars even though we're living in the future in the future it doesn't tell you that necessarily i think the film missed the mark where it should have said like this is the future because well you don't it doesn't need to do that because when you see the car that she's arriving home in yeah yeah the imagery i will give you the car that she arrives home with the way the cityscape is when they go out for a bit of a drive and you know, some of the technology they have is very futuristic, but at the same time, like, I don't know if this is, because the movie came out in 2018, so I don't know if they're going, oh, this is 2021, the future, you know, oh, this is 2029, the future. I'm like, like it doesn't matter. It's just the, the near future. I, I needed it. I, well, that's it. I, you know, I would have even have liked the near future come up. Well, you didn't need just, it. It just showed I did, it. I did. Because, <laughs> I did because... <laughs> There's there's certain things like like you said we've got Logan Marshall Green playing Grey Trace as as the husband and we've got Melanie uh, Vallejo uh, playing Asher Trace the, the the wife and they even say that husband wife you know that's how they kind of you know label each other themselves to each other which I'm like okay that's playful but and and I said this to you before we turned the camera on how long have they been married for why don't they have children you know these are questions that I'm trying to get to get the background of this couple because I do know that something's gonna happen and that the husband is gonna be seeking redemption so I need to Death sentence with Kevin Bacon and his family. Oh, that was a loving family. You know, same thing with Gerald Butler in uh, in his movie, like Law Binding Citizen. Loving family. For me, I almost felt like they were just living together, mm-hmm. but they're husband and wife. Yeah. You know, and so she's just like, oh yeah, I've just come home from work from my fabulous company that I make all the money from to buy this, to pay for this fabulous house and this wonderful car. And he's just working in the garage with his hands because... Gray's a bit of a technophobe. You know, technology seems to have come along around him because we're the future. And he's tried to ignore it or pretend that he doesn't need it as much as everybody else. Yeah, which is a fair assessment just from the presentation of the of the, of the characters in the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he just wants to stay and, you know, he, he talks to his car. He gives her grief for talking to her car, <laughs> yeah, but she funny. actually has an AI in her car. Yeah, so that talks back. Yeah. That talks back. You do realize that you're talking to a car, right? I hear you talking to yours all the time. At least mine can talk back. Just those little moments. I was like, the script I thought was very tight and just getting these little nuggets of yeah. information across in yeah. bite-sized form so we kind of know the characters in the setting. And uh, she has to go to a, a business do. He's reluctant to go, but she drags him along anyway. Well, no, no, she, she, um, he's got to drop his, the car off. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. He's got he's got to drop this new car off. He's built this Firebird from scratch. Which, like I said, being the future, everything's futuristic. Any part that he would have been buying would have probably been rare, unless they're still mass marketing all these parts for cars that nobody drives because they're driving fucking electric ones. But hey ho, we switch your brain off. Just go with the script, you know. And Grace is like, look, I'm gonna take the car to this place. You're gonna drive your fucking piece of shit behind me because I don't want to drive all the way back because I might press the wrong button. It's like, okay, film, Grey's a bit of an idiot when it comes to technology. And we get to 
um, this multi-billionaire's house. It's it's like two rocks in the middle of a street. Right. But I like it. And it's, it's well it, designed. Exactly, because it, it, it works because it's on a low budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it also works in terms of just the uh, the setting, because when you go down there, you know you're in a like a billionaire's kind of oh, mad yeah. science facility. It's it's brilliantly you know portrayed, like the way the lights come up on the wall as she walks yeah. through. That's all futuristic, and he's messing with his cloud. I was right. just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Cloud, I like that. <laughs> um, you know, so at this point, when they get to Aaron's house, my mind's like, oh, fuck, they are certainly 2040 at least because technology but like i said it's not like i desperately needed it it would have just been nicest world building establishing sure. for the, these characters um and then aaron's just like oh i've got to show you this thing and i gotta admit uh, harrison gilbertson playing aaron played the awkward unsociable nerdy person weird, yeah. like really well yeah very awkward line deliveries just <laughs> yeah. kind of very uh very odd uh but of course he seems to know what he's talking about and he's very excited about this new stem that he calls it which apparently was the original title for the film before it ah. got retitled to upgrade uh, yeah. yeah i suppose yeah, but he explains how this this technology is going to be revolutionary. That it's basically going to be able to do anything. And Gray's just like, well, is it going to be able to play football and have babies? It's like, well, actually, no. Yeah, that's. And I thought that was a bit harsh on Gray's point. It's just like he he knows his wife works for a company that builds prosthetic parts for soldiers. You know, who are coming back without limbs, and this is how they help them reestablish their lives again. And um, Aaron basically works for the rival company um, who are doing the same thing, but he's about to take them out with this new thing, which will allow them to help people walk again just without having to upgrade them with cybernetic parts. But it's a red herring. I'm just going to spoil it now. The red herring of these two companies, yeah, are, are rivals. It's just written in there, and I liked it. Yeah. But I also felt like it was put in there and then I had to switch my brain off and pretend it hadn't been brought up. Oh. You know, because did this whole bit of the, the, the Aaron and Ash's conversation about their rival companies and then Grey steps in and goes, yeah, they can't make babies. I'm like, calm down, mate. You're living in the future surrounded by this technology, but you're going to stick it to this multi-billionaire that this new, this new invention that he's made just can't do certain things because we're establishing that Grey is you know, against technology. Right. But I like that because he's so against it. Yet, as we as we know, as the film's going to go on, he's going to have to adapt and get used to it and kind of become symbiotic with it. I get it. So it's like, you know, it's... But his wife works for a company to avoid arguments with the wife. Don't yeah. moan about what the fuck she does, all right? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's fucking paying your bills. We don't know what you do for a living, Gray. He fixes cars. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, but they get back into their little matchbox fucking thing and it starts driving them home. And the, the conversation comes up. The wife talks about how great technology is because there's certain things you can do. So she starts to have sex, uh, starts to have sex with Gray in the car. Um, but the car just comes off the freeway. It, it you know, it, it speeds up and, and then goes off in a different direction. And it's only after it takes like a turn, they realize. Yeah. The car's out of control and they try to do everything that they can to try and get it back under control before they realize they're in Gray's old neighborhood. Yeah. And then it literally just crashes. Crashes. And he manages to get his wife into a seatbelt, but he hits a windscreen, gets knocked out, and the car's crashed. So I was sat there and I was just like, well, something's taking control of the car. Um, because it's immediately said that there's an error going on. And, you know, it's like, it's either 
somebody from the company it's a military operation maybe there's some kind of deal that the wife's involved in and stuff like that but we see this group turn up these four guys they take asher out the car and they hold gray down and after they shoot asher right in front of gray they then shoot him right in the shoot neck shoot him right in the neck and cripple him and then the police turn up yeah, well, the words, you know, the drones come flying down, drones don't know. Well, the drones are monitoring them, but yeah. then the police turn up once the once the the guys have gotten away. Yeah, we have that horrible moment where he's calling out to her to to look at him, to yeah. stay with him, and we just see the life go out of her eyes, and, and as they as they die there. I love that bit. Like you know, these two act, the actor and actress really established that her death then was the massive focal point and yeah catalyst for this yeah they sold now. it very well they sold in terms it very of, well uh, the yeah. performance the music the camera angle yes, it yeah. really worked and so when we catch up with gray after this incident where he's now completely paralyzed mm. lost control of his arms and legs entirely and he's also i mean he's lost control of his soul as well it's you know, oh he's yeah, completely yeah. dead inside you, yeah so we see that as his mum's trying to look after him uh, as he's getting this extra technology these extra computer arms to mm. make him milkshakes yeah he has visits with uh, a, a policewoman who's investigating the murder. Yeah. It's been three months and yet they still haven't got any leads or anything concrete. So like, it would appear like there's only one person working this case now and it's never going to happen. Yeah. And so that's the kind of state that we find him in. Yeah. Which is when he eventually gets an invitation after he's tried to kill himself. Yeah, he's well, he's yeah, he's tried to kill himself, and then he's visited by Aaron in in the hospital, and yeah. Aaron basically explains to him like, "Look, you know, hey, remember me? Remember I that stem thing I showed, showed you? you? Yeah, yeah. If, if, let's try it. If we try it out secretly, secretly, because we can't let anybody know, we can see it. And and he even tries to say to him like, "Oh, well, what would your wife would have liked? You know, right. what do you think she would have done at this point? Because he just was so he doesn't want to get his life back on. No, it doesn't matter it's... whether he can walk." again yeah she she's not there so yeah. you, know, the, you know the main crux of it is you know gray is going to be happy to use this technology to try to find out what happened to his wife because still we, we're not entirely sure like like three months have passed she's dead did, did he get a payout from that company did her insurance get paid right out? like what happened did, and like, oh, so I was a faulty GPS. So it was a bad smart car. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not. I'm not massively having a go at, the, at at this director. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that the writing is completely shoddy. There's just a few things that I just go. You're you're avoiding world building to just keep the pace going, and the pace does go very oh, yeah. very well. I've got to give it that. Um, but there's just a few little things. Like like this, but you know, like we said, Gray's come home. He's got all this technology. You know, Mum's there, and he's telling her, "Look, Mum, I don't need you. You know, you don't need to stay here." And it's just like, "Well, Gray, you kind of do, mate. You know, these you you yourself have said these robots can't do everything, and you are going to be wanting to kill yourself. So then, well, that's why he wants to be on his own, just get her to go. Yeah, and then Aaron comes along, so Gray's just like, "Okay, I'm going to go." And and they have that surgery sequence where he has it applied to his neck. Yeah. I thought that sequence was great. I loved the the windows. Yeah, the way the camera panned over all of those windows, and we got to see like the holographic overlay. Yeah, the, we can see yeah. the doctors have kind of got special optics and lenses so that they can see a virtual autopsy or overlay yeah. of what's going on and it is pretty gory as we see them digging away into his spine and placing the the the, the stem into his neck yeah so the, i like that as well because i was just like okay 
It's sci- it's kind of cyberpunkish, and I'm wondering. Oh, absolutely. Is kind of cyberpunkish. It very much is. Well, I say kind of because you haven't told me what the future is. You're not showing me anybody else's technology. Like, well, it's about to. There's there's only a few, like this doctor and maybe one other person who's got the biomechanical things. Mm-hmm. If if we're talking cyberpunk, it should have been like more people. Maybe even his wife should have had like a. You know, oh, Gray, you talk well, about technology. Early but look, days cyberpunk. Ears. We're just yeah. on the cusp of getting it's, to there. It's, where it's technology... not cyberpunk. Well, it's no, I mean, they're working, cyberpunk. Exactly, they're working all those biotics and implants. So <laughs> I, get, I, I, get, I, get, I get what you mean. Because once he's had the chip uh, attached to him, I've got to give the actor, uh, Gray, you know, so much kudos. Because, I mean, I, I know we hated on Prometheus, but then I thought back to it of how he was in that movie. And he, he kind of did sell very well, hidden being mutated into this monster. So the same thing with this movie. He he plays it very well that he can't move anything under from his neck down. Yeah. Stem is controlling his body parts or Stem is allowing messages from his brain to go down. So they're kind of awkward and very robotic. robotic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's, Really it's, natural. Yeah, I I actually thought that that, that scene was really beautiful. The mm. way he, you know, because the doctors are just like, well, we shouldn't have expected results almost immediately. Yeah, and then almost immediately oh, he starts really. twitching his finger. Oh, stem- he's raising yeah. his arms up. He's standing up and walking. The music's getting excited. You know, and it's uh, it's it's um, it's it's a very emotional moment because. You know, it's it's one of those things. Obviously, the film is talking about technology and yeah, rapidly yeah. developing AI, and you know, we are in our reality getting to a stage where technology is at that stage, yeah. where we are able to give, you know, broken human beings, you know, their limbs back or their sight back or yeah. their hearing and stuff. And so Man. that mo- that moment that that moment where they have that sense back is a wonderful moment. Yeah, uh, and he plays that so well; it's really believable. But yeah, then the way that he starts to move. He he moves around like Robocop. Yeah. You know, he's stilted. It's it's precision. Yeah. Like the way that he makes the milkshakes or the drinks in front of him. Yeah. You know, it's not human. Yeah. His it's movements. Not, yeah. Not fluid like. So it's I, just... Yeah. I really liked his body language. And, and then at times he would become more relaxed, but then at other times again, just yeah, under a con- under control. Yeah. I mean, he, he gets back to his apartment um, and he's still got to pretend that he's in his wheelchair um, until he can lock the door and then he can move around. Do yeah, to sign a, a waiver. To yeah. He wouldn't talk about it. It's all confidential and shit. Um, and then when he gets home, he's looking over the police stuff um, that Detective Cortez has, has dropped him, um, which I thought was... I mean, he said he was going to help. I didn't know if she could give him fucking case files and fucking <laughs> access to fucking CCTV camera. I didn't know you could do that after three months. That's like... Punisher level shit. Um, and then while he's looking at this stuff, um, he hears a voice tell him that he's noticed something. Hello? Yes? Okay, who's saying that? I am STEM. The system operating your body for you. And Logan Marshall Green, he played it absolutely brilliant where he was talking to himself. Thinks he's going crazy. Thinks he's going crazy. <laughs> Um, but it's the AI, it's STEM. STEM is, you know, in his neck. And so he's sending messages to his brain, which or sending vibrations to his inner ear so that he can hear this information. And a lot of this is played for comedy at first, which mm. is, which I think is the right tone to take. Yeah. Because it sort of lulls you in as an audience member that this is kind of fun. Yeah. Like he's talking to himself. Actually, no, he's talking to his AI. Is his AI his friend? Is his AI, his AI is giving him his mobility back. Yeah. His AI is going to help him figure out who these people are on the TV screen that murdered his wife. Yeah. And so I like that he thinks he's going crazy. He tells the computer to shut up. 
And then he's like, but are you there? Can, can you talk? And the, the AI's like, yeah, you're not crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, t- I'm sending sound waves into your eardrums. Yeah. I can see out of your eyes. And I've been watching ever since you woke up after the operation. Yeah. So it's like, that's kind of creepy. But at the same time, it's like, well, why did you choose now to talk? And that's because he's watching the playback. Yeah, he sees something on the CCTV camera and he's just like, look, I've noticed this. And that's where he says, look, the guy that shot your wife wasn't carrying a gun. You know, he must have had the implant on him. And so that's what I mean. I'm like, oh, there's more cyberpunk stuff in this universe that we're going to be slowly drip fed um, over the course of the movie. You know, this now is the big mystery investigation. And he even gets him to draw like a a tattoo yeah um, i love the way that he kind of prints it as yeah. he lets the uh, as he lets stem yeah. take over his yeah. hand and um and that turns out to be a military tattoo that they can get information from but then even stem convinces gray like look you can't call the police because a you signed a confidential confidentiality waiver that i'm here and b you won't actually be able to explain how you got a perfect drawing off of that tiny blurred image right we have to go find more evidence um and so he heads back to his old neighborhood which I thought was a bit strange or coincidental. I'm not entirely sure because because we know from from the movie, well, from when he crashed, that Gray told us that they were going in the complete opposite direction to their house. Yeah. Right? And then they crashed in his neighborhood. So he's had to come all this way in that wheelchair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, I like... I would have liked to have seen an Uber. <laughs> At least I would have liked to have seen like him pay a taxi driver. Instead, we literally just have him hiding behind a car in probably one of the roughest neighborhoods of whatever city we're in. Because we don't know what city we're in. Well, they pretend they're in an American city. Oh, okay. Yeah. So but they're, they're, they filmed it in Australia. <laughs> right, so they could be in fucking Mad Max land. Should have, that's, Mad Max has it at the beginning. The near future. Should have fucking put that at the beginning of the movie. Um, but he's hiding behind this fucking car. And I'm like, all right. And he watches this guy come out of the, the house. And so then Gray steps out of the wheelchair, tells the wheelchair to lock like it's a car. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah. cool. Um, and then he, he sneaks into the house um, and he's looking for information. And this whole time... Stem is like, take off your shoes. Like, be yeah. careful. Yeah. Move around. Check the table. Look for messages. I keep seeing the same people. You know, Stem is, Stem is always, always two steps ahead of yeah. Gray. Yeah. But then the guy comes home. Yeah. And beats the hell out of Grey. Like, well, Grey's hiding in the back. <laughs> yeah, now. Uh, uh, no. Stem's like, well, now's your opportunity. Now, now's your opening. Get him. <laughs> Stem's just confused as Grey's getting his ass kicked. And then all of a sudden Stem's just like, you know, you need to activate me. I can't yeah, do it I unless you activate me. Yeah. And so as he's being strangled out, he's just like, I give you permission. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Well, the whole film just goes on a completely different trajectory to what you were expecting the film to do. No, as Grey violently and viciously, effortlessly takes this guy down. Yeah. Like, just dodging punches and throws like he's Spider-Man. So amazingly choreographed, so amazingly brilliantly filmed. But that's it. It's the way that he just remains absolutely central to the frame. His head, like, 
That's it. The head is not doing anything, but, but, the, body but the body is moving. It's completely under control of Stem, like doing the perfect counters and punches mm. and reactions yeah. to take this guy down. So much so that Grey is laughing. He can't believe what's even happening yeah. as he's smashing glasses over him. And then he starts to get a bit worried. He's <laughs> like, how do I stop yeah. doing this? Do stop? Like, please stop killing this man. Uh, but things keep escalating. The guy ends up pulling a knife. Yeah. Grey panics, but Stem just takes it down, stabs the guy back. And eventually... Um, Fucking Cuts his door face open. open. Yeah. Right. It was well gory. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Stop! Stop him! I mean, it went exactly where I thought the movie was going to go. You know, because this is where a lot of these revenge stories go. You know, they start <laughs> investigating and killing certain people along the way. And either they intend to kill them or they accidentally fucking kill them. But it becomes a motif throughout the movie. Sure. You know, and, and with Grey doing that, I like that his, the actor was really well done to say that he didn't feel in control. Stem obviously controlled everything. So it's just like, oh, okay, I need to leave. And Stem's just like, well, you need to get rid of all the evidence that you were here. Okay. Um, how I'm do I do that? Do that. <laughs> yeah. and Stem's like, well, I can recall everything that you've touched so we can remove every trace of DNA from here. Which was cool, wow. but to keep the to keep the pace of the movie going, the writer or director was just like, oh, now we're just going to jump straight to the police station. You know, Detective Cortez is just like, oh, yeah, so what happened to that person that we found yesterday? Oh, well, by the way, this dead body that had his jaw ripped open, he's got all these cybernetic implants in him, which I thought was cool. It looked gory yeah. and stuff. But it was just like, okay, so now this guy is part of a crew of people who have been hired, a crew of mercenaries that have been hired to do this job for whatever reason. Um, but it was the way that as well that she's just like, any other evidence? And the guy's just like, well, no, other than that oil spill you found outside. And I'm like, oh, so him and Stem cleaned absolutely everything movie. That's what you're telling me. You're telling me they did it, they cleared it. Just keep going. And then there's this. What is it? appears to be some sort of weapon implant embedded within the muscle. An actual functioning gun with a bullet loading mechanism built into the tissue with biomechanics. And so when Gray returns home, you know, he's kind of a little bit freaked out. He's had to kill that guy and he didn't get the information. But they did find some information on, on a bar, Old Bones Bar, which, hey ho, coincidentally, just happens to be in Gray's old neighborhood. And not only that, Gray actually kind of knows this place because he's heard about he it. He knows it's off the grid, which is something that he would probably kind of like as well. Which I was just like, ah, it's well, coincidence is happening here. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's intentional with the writer or if it's just part of the story. But, you know, Grey is making his way there in his wheelchair. Um, and I was, I was so fucking funny. Because <laughs> after what you've just seen of him taking out the guy, you kind of know what's going to well, happen. Capable. What he's capable but of. But the way he has to get somebody to ha pass the drink over so he can drink it out of the straw. <laughs> so the way he this. just wheels up to everyone and goes, turn the music off. I need to know, you lot know who killed my wife and put me in this chair. Yeah. Announce yourself to me now. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> but he ends up getting wheeled off into the bathroom to, well, get beaten up. Because we can hear the horrendous screams coming from the bathroom <laughs> yeah. in the rest of the bar. And they're just like, well, that sucks. And my mama told me never to beat up a cripple. Take the knife and torture this guy. And, 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 and Grace is like, well, I can't. Um, you do it. 
It's them. And so he looks away and all you hear is the hand movement. And yeah. <laughs> we don't see it, but yeah, well, we see the aftermath. Yeah. But yeah, the grey literally just took out everyone in that bathroom store. He was just like, yeah, don't forget about you. Yeah. Just completely, perfectly executed. It was, uh, it's amazing to watch. Now, again, they did the same thing where he's just central to the frame. He's like symmetrical almost. And yeah. so apparently the way they achieved this effect was that they put a mobile phone type device on Logan. Right. So, and then they pen it with the camera so that the the camera would literally move exactly ah. how he did so it would always keep him central to the frame and so it just has that like perfection like it's almost like the the fight is choreographed like the camera movement it's all been controlled by an ai do to you, capture it do like, you know what's kind of strange is after I, after a few of these fight sequences it started making me think of malignant Okay. Of yeah. how the the person in malignant kind of moves all awkwardly, and how the fight sequence and the camera just spins there. around with them. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, oh, did James Wan look at upgrade and go, oh, I'm seeing that from you, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna take a couple of those things because I I think there's even a, a nod to James Wan at one point. There when is goes, when he goes to the hacker's <laughs> house. The, the top address <laughs> yeah. is James Wan. But on top of that, when uh, before I think he got to the buzzers, the the hallway. Yeah. On the left hand wall, there's a giant painting of the saw doll. Oh. So I was just like, yeah, another nod. There, not yeah. there. Um, but yeah, after taking out all these guys and getting the information, um, there's a there's another mercenary uh, played by Benedict Hardy called Fisk, and he was the one who shot As uh, Asher, um, and he's walking around with this badass mustache on, and so you just know he's fucking hardcore. Um, and he's looking, he was looking for his his comrade at the bar, um, realizes that he's been killed, and wants to find who, who who's obviously been involved with it. Well, at the same time, Aaron had already said to Gray before he'd gone to the bar, like, look, you said you weren't going to leave the house. I can track you. And so uh, Stem had actually told him, like, look, you know, Aaron's going to know where we are. He's going to try to shut me down. He's going to be activating this kill program. You need to go to this hacker, which I've already fucking looked at, and it's kind of nearby. Um, go to this apartment, ask for Jamie and get them to say all this stuff. And so and paying cash. <laughs> yeah, paying cash. And so Gray's going to this apartment while everything seems to be shutting down on his body because obviously Stem's being shut down remotely. So he's literally everyone. crawling to the door. Yeah. One last knock at the door before he collapses. Writing all this fucking computer jargon on his arm till Jamie finally gets hold of him. Which was a bit of a plot hole for me, really. Yeah, a bit, yeah. I mean, granted, he's the, you know, stems being shut down but mm. earlier in the film when he was seeing that tiny little pixelated blur on the screen he was able to do a perfect printing yeah, yeah. yeah in order to get gray to write the url code down that the hacker's going to need yeah he needs to manually tell him every letter and number as he's writing it i was like can't you just take over his arm and just yeah. very quickly write it so that it's actually readable because jamie looks at it and goes i can't even make that out yeah but she still manages to hack she it, managed it anyway. and at the same time you know you've got the 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 kind of cyberpunk future stuff where hey look all these people live in vr and i'm like low budget yeah i can, yeah. I can see that now maybe you know because that yeah maybe that's why they they tried not to tell us too much about the future because they weren't able to give us too much futuristic tech but what you've given us is enough it's just you know here it is but ignore it because we need to keep going with this other story like this mm -hmm. jamie character like they just go we can't let them win when they realize that actually they're being tracked and that Fisk and his buddy has turned up and two fucking security guards from Ash's old company a fucking oh yeah. no no the two not Ash's company from Aaron's company have turned up so you've got 
Fisk and his buddy, and then these two security guards turning up to fucking take down... To you bring Grey back bring to get Ray Stem. Stem. Yeah. Um, but he blasts them through the elevator. He yeah. gets to scan them and he just kills them before they even react. That's it. He uses his thermal vision. Blah, blah, blah. They're fucking dead. I'm like, okay, so he's totally the bad guy. So what did you think of their, like, shotgun, handgun, arm implants? I thought they were really fucking cool. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when fucking that one guy gets up against um, Grey. And Grey's like, I don't want to hurt you. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. Stem takes control, gets the guy's arm, puts it against his head and just fucking blows, blows his head off. Don't worry, I'll make this quick. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, you know, like you said, with the writer, director, uh, whatever, like, there's just certain elements that you're supposed to have in a vengeance story and a sci-fi story, but you it's things that you can ignore if it was a horror, you know, uh, because you just want the killer to just keep going for all, all the guys to look for the killer and find them. And so I felt that that was kind of where he was going, where if it was more sci-fi, he'd have gone into a bit more detail in the history, the background, the companies, the technology, because, you know, like we see him loading this thing into his arm and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. He's dead. Ignore it. <laughs> right. Just a glimpse of the technology, yeah. you know, but that that's what I like. It was like the film didn't hit you over the head with like every single new invention that this film has in its universe. It just goes, this is just some random tech that exists in the world. It's part of the world. Go with it. Yeah, just go with it. Yeah. yeah. And, and and so then Gray's had the the thing put in place. He's um he's able to obviously now utilize STEM without Aaron shutting it down. But he goes home and, and he still has to hide that to his mother. Yeah, and to well, the detective who's repeatedly coming back to well, the question him. The mum sees him and yeah. so he tells her everything. And I'm like, well, she's going to fucking end up dead now, isn't she? But you couldn't have warned her that, yeah. you know. She pretty much just ends up out of the movie at this point. <laughs> yeah, <though. laughs> yeah, she does. She just kind of disappears after this point. But she does hide the fact when the detective turns up and Grace is like looking at her like, I I'm not lying. I've honestly been here the whole time. Look at me. Let's like you're telling me all these people have died. <laughs> How could I have done that? I don't know. With the 10 million fucking insurance you got from Ash's fucking pal from a company hiring some fucking mercenaries. I, I don't know. But the detective's just like, I will, <laughs> I will slip this ancient fucking bug, this, this here listening device into your coat, which STEM can't pick up. Because yeah, because there's no digital components. That's it. Stem is always active. She, mm -hmm. she, it, whatever, is looking through Gray's eyes and from there can access or see stuff in... Like, she could look at a phone and be on the internet before Gray's even put in a number and found the information. That's, that's how the writer has written Stem down for us, is that, look, the more Stem is in control, the more powerful he's getting, the more he's able to do all this stuff. In a way, Grey is losing more and more control. And so well, he's relinquishing control more yeah. as the film goes on because he needs Stem to do what it's doing for him to be able to get revenge for his wife's yeah, murder. Which after I finished watching it, I was like, oh, it's very much like a Faustian deal. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, very you much know, made like a deal he, with the devil. He's made a yeah. deal with the devil, and oh, the devil sure. needed his permission as the movie went on to be yeah. able to do all this extra stuff till the point where... And that's what I mean. But, but kind of being experienced, I was like, well, he's exhausting all possibilities of who these mercenaries are attached to. The companies have not been involved at all. So for me, the only person this is kind of pointing back to is Aaron. 
he, Aaron hired this group to take yeah. out Grey so that he could attach Stem and he to him. pretty much gets all this information from Fisk when he has yeah. that confrontation with him. Yeah. You know, he we ends up losing the fight for the most part. Yeah. Uh, but he ends up then having to provoke an emotional response from him. Yeah. So that he doesn't just kill him which... and he ends up fighting, which gives him the advantage and he ends up falling down on and gets impaled in the back of his head. Which was a bit bullshit. I mean, it was a cool fight sequence. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it just seemed a bit bullshit that, like... You know, Fisk is countering everything that fucking Stem or Grey are doing. And he's just like, yeah, you're allowing your emotions to control this. You're so angry, blah, blah, blah. And so then when Fisk has the chance to just kill, just has the chance to just kill Grey right there. Grey's just like, oh, you're the brother of the first guy I killed. Ah, well, he was a bit of a fucking pussy and he didn't die like a soldier. He fucking, he whined and moaned and bitched. And Fisk is like... Mm, emotional overload. I'm like, oh, Fisk. Yeah, I thought it was quite clever. Yeah, so, yeah it's cool. All right. But it, it, it built to keep the pace going because he had to kill Fisk to, yeah. to realise. And then Fisk has broken to him. Look, who do you think hired us? It was Aaron this whole time. And so Grey gets into his car, drives all the way back to Aaron's uh, magic fucking mansion. Walks in there, kills the Don't two forget, guys. Don't forget, there's a bit of a high-speed chase as the detective's trying to chase oh, yeah, after him as yeah. well. Well, no, no. Fucking Stem takes control of it, which was when I realised, oh... It Stem. takes control of another car, which obviously lets you know, well, if Stem's doing it with this car... Could he have done it with the other one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So when they get back to Aaron's place, Aaron confronts him with the information that actually Stem has been in control of everything... All this, this whole time, time from the fucking from from, me and from Gary, before the film even from started. Before the film even started, because Gary and I were looking at it going, well, yeah, actually going further back, Stem must have found Grey online, on Facebook, whatever, whatever technology they used, and went, Hey, Aaron, I want to be human, so that's the guy. Bring me that man. Bring me that man, I will control like you don't fully understand how Stem controls Aaron. We don't need to. All we know is the technology is there to, you know, fix his... his uh... I kind of, because I don't understand... Without that earpiece, I don't understand how Aaron has been influenced by Stem this whole time. Like like we said, he, he had a kill switch. He could, tra he could trace Stem. You know, the movie has put in these red herrings to say that, oh, Aaron's been in control this whole time, for Aaron then to turn around to us at the end and go, oh, no, I haven't. It's all Stem and you need to stop him. And Grey goes, oh, God, it's Stem, because... Fucking Stem kills Aaron, and then he chokes the fucking um, detective almost to death. Yeah, but then he uh, he tells the detective to use the taser on him. Yeah, and I guess Stem just goes, oh, "Okay, then like, this will be a new experience," and just lets her tase him. Yeah, so that was a bit weird considering how well he defended himself but up it, to this point. I mean, it was cool because the next scene we get is Gray waking up in hospital with his wife there and her telling him, "Look." Well, he pulled the gun to his head. He was trying to kill himself to yeah. stop himself murdering anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he was really fighting. And he'd already been told by Stem not to overexert himself and fight Stem while Stem has control. Yeah. Because his mind could fracture and break. And uh, we've had flashes of his wife appearing yeah. throughout the film where it's just like, is his mind breaking? Is, is Stem 
manufacturing this image in his mind that's it that's that's what i don't that's what some of the stuff i don't also get like he says oh he broke his mind so what now stem has control but gray's just the ghost in the machine yeah like, he is gray, now yeah gray's still there it's like, very cyberpunk yeah <laughs> yeah but like if gray went fully brain dead Stem mm -hmm. would lose control of the brain because you know, he, cause Stem is already taking control of his body. But he, you know, he, he doesn't need the brain he, anymore. <laughs> he kind of, he kind of, I think he kind of does. The movie doesn't actually explain to us. I mean, it doesn't it, explain to us that Stem has full-on control now because all he goes is, is, oh, Gray's in a better place now. I have control of everything. Blam, blam, detective, walk off, end of movie. Yeah. And I'm like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, wait, I'm like, oh, applaud, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, movie. No, what? I'm sorry. Because... All right. The way I understand cybernetics is that you need the human element still alive to keep the to keep the, uh, the 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 fluid and the flesh and all that kind of stuff. So at this point, from this point of further on in the movie, is STEM going to be eating and drinking like other people? Of course it is. It's so, going to need to. Right. But we also said so. STEM wants to become more human. Mm -hmm. Once it becomes more human, it's less STEM. It's well, less. Yeah. It's less machine. Yeah. So it stops being. Whatever it is now, I get it's the, the robot. It's the AI that wants to be a real well, boy. Well, that's it. But I get, <laughs> I get also the idea that after this, he's going to make more of himself, which is a great idea, AI. Except the more you make of yourself, I mean, yeah, just the taking out the perfect. Uh, the film uh, ends yeah. perfectly there because <laughs> it does. You don't need all those other I, questions or answers. I, it's just the AI won. But the thing is. What what you needed to know was that it didn't just you know put put Gray in a mental cell you know in a yeah, gulag yeah, in yeah, the yeah, ground yeah, to yeah. be tortured yeah, forever. Yeah, he literally yeah, yeah. gave him his wife back, gave him his life, gave him a, a happy ending. Oh, he's even the though, good guy. Even though he's trapped in his mind. No, so, I'm just so he's saying, the good guy. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying that the AI could have been cruel and nasty and evil. And he was. It, well, it was in terms of murdering people, <laughs> but it didn't torture gray at the end it put him in a nice place so it, yeah there's it, kind of it's kind of, it's, it, it's not a terrible ending. i see where you're going but i like you're grasping it. No, well, i, I love the fact going. that the ai won at the end it's, it's, it's the film doesn't it's not a, you know warning about ai i mean, no, we get that every day anyway uh, but the ai wins in most scenarios this, in these movies anyway yeah and you don't need to know how the ai works it's a movie like so how the no, how the how the chip works no, you don't see, need to know no, for some people like, do you need to know why you die in real life if you die in the matrix you don't need to know bro the film still bro, works you're talking to the guy wikipedia is this shit i know i need to know well you don't need I to need know for to the film to work I, I need to know i i i need to know because certain things don't add up to as well as i think a sci-fi movie should do i don't have these many questions as i do with blade runner you know, there's only a couple in there, but that's because Blade Runner establishes its time, establishes the players, establishes the overarching companies, establishes the world that we have. Upgrade, like we said, we don't know what city we're in. We don't know what year we're in. We don't understand any... Could be any city. Could be your city. <laughs> yeah. Could be tomorrow. We don't really understand much of the background of these characters. What we do know is that Upgrade gives us a chip on the back of a guy's neck who beats the fuck out of people really quick. I honestly think you're too worried about all the stuff that doesn't I matter that's, at all that's, in this that's, film. That's cool. <laughs> Let me worry about it. You don't okay. worry about it. I'm not I'll, worried I'll, about any of that I'll stuff. I'll worry about it. <laughs> I'll worry about well, it. Ian, I am worried about what your favourite scenes are. Uh, no, I had quite a few uh, favourite scenes. Um, I mean, I, I liked... Like, obviously, the fight sequences were just really well developed, really, really well choreographed, you know, and the, the actor playing Grey really made me believe that 
he wasn't in control. Mm. You know, something else was in control of his movements. You know, I'd, I I didn't spend all my time trying to look for the CGI or the wires or anything to make me go, oh, yeah, that's how that made it work. What I did get was, uh, like Gary said, the way that the camera moved, you know, the way it kept on to the, ca uh, the characters, where he utilized certain things in the in the background and then he's trying to tell himself look please stop i don't want to go this far it was really great you know like we said up until all the way to the end where he walks into aaron's place and shoots the two guards but he's looking down he he's not even caring anymore at that point stem is just in control of everything because he feels like he's he's getting to the end of his journey he's gonna find out um I love the operating room sequence. I love good sci-fi. And that was good sci-fi. The camera coming up, you're seeing him. And then the next window was like x-ray. And then there was a normal window. And then it was x-ray again. I was like, oh man, that's a really cool technology. Um, getting into the bar and getting everybody's attention. You know, Gray just sitting there in the chair. Acting out like he's the hardest man in the fucking room. And you're the only person who knows he is. Everybody else in the bar is just like, <laughs> whatever. And I'm like... Man, if he gets out of that chair, you're all fucked. I, one of my uh, actual real favorite sequences was just uh, when Grey breaks down at the beginning um, after Ash has died um, and he's gone home and he's got all the robots there and his mum's taking care of him. Like I liked it when she was washing him and he, he started to vomit because obviously he's got no control. So her moving around, she's got help. That that was, oh, you know what? That was actually more realistic than a lot of the other stuff that was going on in the movie. Well, it was important to set him up as being incapable of looking after himself. Yeah, yeah. So that it's quite a transition I don't to know, where he ends up. I don't understand why Aaron left it three months. <laughs> well, know? that's because we know he was under control of STEM. STEM oh, didn't tell him he was needed right. at that point in time. He yeah. didn't know. STEM, STEM was just watching for He's just months. being puppeted by STEM. I'll just leave it three months until Grey's had enough, and then, then we'll step in, you know. And... Yeah. Yours? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the first interactions between Grey and STEM when he first starts talking to him, and he thinks he's crazy, and it plays the whole comedy angle. Yeah. Uh, those scenes were great. The permission granted when he's being strangled and then yeah. he just takes over. And for me, that's when the film goes, put your seatbelts on. Yeah. Like, this film's going to go on a different direction now yeah. very, very fast. Uh, and so, yeah, the, then the, the, the brawl in the kitchen to the head being ripped open yeah. to the fight in the bar, uh, literally just taking them all out. Uh, all of those moments were great. I really did like like the cityscape shots, the drones, the little yeah. tastes of technology, yeah, like yeah. the table uh, with the messages, just all those little things, the guns in the arm, whether yeah. they're practical, believable or not. It looked cool. Yeah. So uh, those things were, were quite exciting. And I don't think the film, yeah, it, it didn't hit you over the head with an abundance of technology. It was just believable bits and pieces yeah. here and there. Um, and then I guess the other bit was, he, I don't know, the violent scene where he's just like, don't worry, Gray, I'll make this fight really quick. And he just takes that guy's arm weapon and just blows his head blows off. His head off yeah. like, that was great. And of course, I I really liked the ending, as dark as it was. Mm. <laughs> Ian, do you recommend Upgrade? I do recommend Upgrade. I mean, like, I'll, I'll say it, like, if if you want to switch your brain off and watch an hour and a half's worth of sci-fi, then you've got it there. Uh, maybe I am asking a little bit too much from the movie. Like Gary says, maybe it's not needed for me. Like the writers skirting the fine line between horror, sci-fi comedy, you know, he's, he, he's good at what he's doing. I sat there going, ah, oh, what, excuse me. I have questions. Um, but you really 
don't need them. Guy gets revenge for his wife's death against all these people. Beats the fuck out of them. Gory. You know, like I said, it's got harkens back to uh, Malignant. It's got a bit of a Faustian tale in there. It's fun. Better than fucking Venom, that's for sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. High recommendation from me. Upgrade is well worth a watch for its fresh take on the revenge genre. Mixing in cyberpunk sci-fi with brutal fight scenes with a decent mystery all on a low budget. The story was easy to follow, it had a good pace, the characters were relatable, believable, and I think the script was smart and engaging with great performances from uh, Logan Marshall Green. I think Logan did a great job portraying the range of emotions needed to establish this character. From loving husband to being crippled both physically and emotionally, uh, to learning to walk again, to then dealing with a murder and a killer AI taking full control over his body. Logan sold all of this convincingly well. Great supporting cast too, with Simon Maiden as the voice of STEM, really uh, deserving mention in creating that cold but reassuring voice. Mm. The film has a very unique style to it, especially for the fight scenes, the rapid camera pans and edits to match the punches and kicks and swings. It's cool, it's entertaining, and it's sometimes funny, and it's memorable also for just being very gory in many instances. The sound effects and music really gelled those scenes together with uh, a good synthwave sound. It's not a perfect film, but it was refreshing, entertaining, and it holds up well after re-watching, and I highly recommend it. It's great fun. It packs a punch. It doesn't get too preachy about the dangers of AI and technology, and the film has plenty of heart and style. Not man. Not machine. More. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. Oh!